somebody randomly on Twitter was like, I want to see this movie every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Yo. And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Hey! Today we're going to be doing a mini pod. Mini pod! Panty pod! Panty pod? Panty pod. Yeah, man. Uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, as of this uh, recording, they were expecting this to do $200 million worth of business over In the week. Four days. Yes. Yep. Four days. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it is. An interesting thing for me. It's a, it's a, it's it's fun to watch Twitter blow up on a movie. Yeah, and uh, it's fun seeing a lot of people coming out and going, you know, like finally there's a, yeah, you know, there's a movie like this with a mainly all black cast and you know, and that they're all superheroes right. and badasses. And it's fun to see it blow up in a positive way. Right, for once, you know, where yeah. like everybody's saying, "Wow, this is really amazing." You know, mm-hmm. people dressing up. We saw a couple of people dressing up for the movie when we went to to see it did you see oh, those wow. people in like the the african garb and everything wow. which i thought was really cool yeah the costumes in this movie are crazy awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah. They are. all right well let's do uh, let's do general thoughts before yeah. we dive into spoilers i loved it mm-hmm. i had a blast uh, it's got it's got issues like most of these marvel movies do we'll dive into that but um in fact when one of the issues pops up near the end um i actually turned to my friend and i went Man, I was really enjoying this movie <laughs> because the whole time I was just I was smiling. Mm-hmm. I was into it. And I, I I realized something only because my buddy Jason told me is that if I'm really into a movie, I'll put my I'll put my recline back and I'll lean forward and put my <laughs> elbows on my knees like I'm trying to get closer to. I did it a few times during this movie, apparently. Uh-huh. Uh, really, really loved it. Why did you like it? Why did I like mm-hmm. it? Um, well, the cast. Yeah. This is probably the best cast I think of any Marvel movie yet. That's a good point. They're they're great at casting. Um, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is great as Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just a who's who of great actors, mm. um, and they all kill it. Most most importantly, Michael B. Jordan, um, who I think gives us the, the best Marvel villain to date. He's the standout too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, I wanted more of him. Uh, and and I, I felt like both the way the script works and the way he plays that character, I cared about him. Mm-hmm. Um, he His motivations made sense to me. He went a little too far with his beliefs, but I cared about him. Mm-hmm. And when was the last time he cared about a, a Marvel villain? Spider-Man all, Homecoming was basically it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and even there, I don't think you cared. He was Michael Keaton's great in that movie. Mm-hmm. The villain is great, but I still don't think you have that empathy for him quite no, as much not as you nearly do as in much this here. movie. No, no, no. Um, and, and, and so there are a lot of things I loved, but the, I think the cast is what did it for me, uh, cause they were just acting their asses off. This is the mm. third time Michael B. Jordan has worked with Ryan Coogler. It he is. Did, uh, with Fruitvale Station and, uh, and Creed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, it's a good team, yeah. man. <laughs> they must like each other. Yeah, I he think so. He is fucking jacked in this movie. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, I, he, I, is. he was jacked for Creed, but he's, he's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with you. The, uh, the villain in this is one of the most, uh, well-written, uh, 
understandable villains that mm-hmm. we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah, I mean, it's yeah. A lot of these times it's just, I don't know, man. They just, it, we understand like, you know, Daniel Brühl and his whole thing, but like it just, whatever, we don't care as much for whatever yeah. reason. I mean, even though it's like his, what his family dies well, on that. But, but, yeah. But we don't get that, that reveal until the very end of the movie. Yeah. So you can't really like kind of go it's, along it, with them the whole time. Right. Right. And, uh, and even like, you know, uh, who else would there be that's along these lines? Not many. I mean, the only other like, almost rememberable villain was loki in mm-hmm. the in the the marvel but in he's, the mcu and even he's, that he's great and memorable because uh he's funny mm-hmm. not because we care about him or because hiddleston is acting his ass off right well, and that's yeah that's another instance where it's just like you know somebody who feels inferior and so he becomes a villain uh, because of the family dynamic he grew up with and everything and I think the closest would be the Daniel Brühl character, but like, even, you know, like like you said, you don't know it in this one. You you know, I mean, they kind of keep some things uh, secret for a while to get that big reveal that they always want to get and everything. But I think you kind of know. You kind of have a have an inkling when that they're that's what they're leading up yeah. to, mm-hmm. even though they don't go right out and tell you. You know you you kind of know that's mm-hmm. where it's going so yeah i agree with you the villain is amazing yeah and uh also another standout was the girl that played his sister yeah uh who's sort of this movie's cue uh, she yeah. uses the vibranium to create gadgets and stuff the dynamic between her and chadwick boseman is exceptional yeah there's a there's a, if you've ever been around siblings that are that are close like this it's almost a non-romantic flirting if that makes any sense, there's a there's a dynamic there, and they just played it perfect. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell that they they love each other and they have each other's back. Uh, it was a, a great bond. I think I think a lot of that goes credit goes to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I hadn't seen her in much. I looked her up on IMDb. Her name's Letitia. Something? Letitia, right? Yeah. Um, and she's been in I think Black Mirror. And yeah, she was in a a great episode of this season's uh, Black Mirror um i think it's called the black museum but uh it's a uh, uh an episode about uh, this guy who made all these inventions that you know fuck people's lives up and <laughs> stuff like that pretty much and uh and then there's like one you know because it's black mirror there's one incredible reveal what ah. he keeps in that black museum well, she's going somewhere she's going yeah places. i think so i mean and 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 at first you know when they introduce her character i'm like okay she's the funny sister ha 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 and then you find out that she's really important yeah and like it and and i immediately fell in love with her when she was like oh what are those and she's pointing at the sandals <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's wearing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was awesome yeah um we not only have her we have three well-developed badass women in this yep yep and you don't see that very often even in wonder woman there's just really there's like one and then there's a kind of a cast of supporting characters yeah. these are three major women characters who get you know who get to do a lot of stuff in this and they're badass in unique ways too Mm -hmm. it's not like they're all warriors or they're all this or they're all smart or that kind of thing yeah you've got uh lupita Mm nyong'o uh who's the spy that also is kind of badass 
you know, and, and she's got some tricks up her sleeves and things like that. And then you've got Danae uh, Guerrera. Yeah, no idea. How to uh, I know her from The Walking Dead as Michonne. Yeah. Uh, and she was badass. She is badass. I guess she's still alive. Well, she gets <laughs> to be badass in this movie, not only physically and fighting, but just with some of the decisions she makes and some of the lines mm-hmm. that she has. Um, just I can't say enough about how well the script is written in this movie. I think that everything good that we, we're going to talk about in this podcast starts and originates with just a really well-written movie. Yeah, that's the that's the place where it shines. There are some places where it doesn't, but one of the lines that she has um, is when she's having to wear the wig in the casino. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, this like, ridiculous thing. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait yeah. to get it off my head. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the casino, uh, you know, some of the issues I have with the movie is that we still get a lot of that Marvel cut to death action yep. stuff mm-hmm. that first scene with black panther dropping out of the plane into the jungles of somewhere yeah i don't know what the fuck happens that entire scene nope <laughs> um, plus it's all black too that's yeah it I mean, doesn't it's help. all at, at night but they go to the, now they go to this casino and it gets a little mission impossibly mm-hmm. because they've got these you know ear things they can hear each other and talk to each other they're trying to find somebody in this casino and when the casino fight begins it's still a little cut to hell but then they do this quote unquote one shot right. where Panther goes up to the second level and fights and then comes down to the main level and the camera just basically follows him the whole time. And from that point all the way through that car chase that follows, I thought was just thrilling. Yes. yes. That's the best part of the movie for me. This whole sequence in Busan of all places. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Did they take a train there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, this was the best, uh, the best part of the whole movie for me. It was thrilling from the very beginning, very much. And you tweeted about this very much James Bondish yeah. and everything. Yeah. Uh, we also get a sort of an impromptu reunion between Gollum and Billo Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That was a fun scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andy Serk. I like Andy Serkis. Well, he's this. having a blast here. Right. Yeah. Like he you can tell the actor himself is having fun and it comes through in the performance. And yeah, it's one of the most fun things I've seen him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the way he's kind of singing and cackling like a crazy person. Yeah. Um, and really. of course, he can't just play like a regular human with all of his limbs. Like he's got a half, yeah. you know, an arm missing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he might be excited to finally not playing a mocap. Like, like yeah, you know, yeah. like I can finally show my face. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> you know? Well, and he's kind of jacked in this movie, too. Yeah, he is. Um, been working out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we want to say before we dive into spoilers? Um, if there was one negative, I didn't like Daniel Kaluuya's character in this. Yeah. I think he was a little underwritten. Um, it kind of seems like there's more to it that was, that was either cut or misinterpreted or something like that. There's something going on. Flips pretty quick. Yeah. Towards like two thirds of the way through. Like there's a, there's a point where you're like, okay, he's the buddy of Black Panther and all that. And then, and then like. There's a I didn't quite catch him being so obsessed with killing the uh Andy Circus character. Yeah. I didn't I wasn't I wasn't quite I didn't know that was his big like motivation in the movie until there's a mid there's a point in the middle of it where, you know, he gets upset at Black Panther and everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know I don't I didn't it came out of nowhere for me and yeah. maybe and maybe there was something in there that I just I missed it and there's always that possibility. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I didn't like him because they just kind of, they didn't really write him as a, as a strong character as all the other ones mm-hmm. and everything. And when he shows up, you're like, I, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. And he just doesn't do anything. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I thought the music was good. Yeah. What about the music? Um, 
Unfortunately, in the theater that Chris and I went to, the mix was low again. Now, this is the same theater, not the same actual theater, the same building that we saw last Jedi. Should stop it was also, going there. I know. <laughs> it's right down the street, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you could tell. I wish I was in a more immersive experience because there were some times where you could feel like the doom, doom, yeah. doom to really set up the scene. Yeah. And I wanted that to be like bone rattling. Like, I wanted that to be like a real like well, punch in the gut. And it wasn't for us. It was still great music. You could hear it, but it was the mix. Well, I th- my mix was fine, but I still don't think it was bone rattling. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, what I what I enjoyed, I guess, was a break from the typical Marvel score. Yeah. And we get, you know, a soundtrack that I guess Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. put together, curated, what have you. Um, I like the placement of that uh, that song he did with The Weeknd. I think I it's... Uh, how, how much is Kendrick and how much is the composer... Ludwig uh, Goranson. I don't know. I know. Um, I know that the soundtrack was top of the the Billboard like charts for a while. The drums and all that seems more composery. It is then... because they introduced that theme when he came in in Civil War. Okay, that, that kind of it's not Wonder Woman ish, but it's percussive. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But the soundtrack from top to bottom, the song he did with SZA, that soundtrack is good. It's <laughs> it's lit. It's lit af. <laughs> <laughs> lit af <laughs> oh goodness gracious all right should we, should we talk spoilers so uh before uh, yeah before we do so we all liked it yes yeah we'd oh all, yeah we, we'd all we'd all say go go see it if you haven't if you're somehow on the fence well okay so how high is this going to go if, if it's hitting somewhere around 200 million over the first four days because it's a holiday weekend technically with president's mm-hmm. day i mean is this going to be one of the biggest grossing mcu f- films do you think um if it makes that kind of opening weekend then yes mm-hmm. it's um, right around because there, right? the avengers uh hit over 200 million the first one um and if if it does that and it has the same kind of multipliers in play and it probably won't um but the avengers remember went on to make 600 million mm-hmm. and it's still the number one mcu um and i think iron man three or one of those i can't remember which iron man is up there in that 400 million echelon or whatever um i think even infinity war not infinity war but um age of ultron was yeah, over yeah. four or five hundred million yeah so that was those wild. two it might be one and two and then you have one of the iron mans in there it's great so it's gonna be up there it's gonna this, be in the top five this has everything working against it on on paper right like minority cast february release mm-hmm. uh semi-obscure character mm-hmm. uh first time mcu director and every time that, not every time but most of the time that they do this they go outside of the box you get an Iron Man. You get um, the uh, like Thor Ragnarok. You mm-hmm. get Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And I hope they don't screw it up. <laughs> I hope they don't you know? too. Yeah. I liked it. I give it. I'm, I have to watch it again before I decide if it's an A minus or a B plus. Mm-hmm. But it's a solid A minus or B plus. So yeah, me. what you have is um, uh, Marvel's The Avengers made six twenty three million, and it is opening with two oh seven. That was for three days, I believe. Uh, Age of Ultron, four hundred and fifty-nine million, had a hundred ninety-one million dollar opening. 
Iron Man 3, $409 million, $174 million opening. Yeah, unbelievable, right? Uh, <laughs> Civil War is up there because it's essentially Avengers. And then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, $389. So wow. if Black Panther makes $210 million in four days, it's going to go past that yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah so, that's awesome. Uh, so yes, it will be in the top five. Sweetness. All right, go on to the spoilers. Should we spoil it up. Let's do it. Miss Luke's what? father is actually Darth Vader. She's the sister and the daughter. No, 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 no. I'm reading the books. I still have no fucking clue who's stronger than who. Mm. Like, at the end of this movie, his Praetorian Guard gals are basically fighting against Killmonger mm-hmm. while he's out in the field doing stuff. And I don't even understand how they should be able to keep up with him in any measure because he's still on the juice right he's, he's on, on the-, the juice and he's got the suit mm-hmm. and between the suit and the juice the vibranium and the extra powers he should be there should be nobody that could keep up with him right and then at the end of the movie there there are several mini battles where lupita nuango is it nuango it might Nyong'o. Be, by the way it might just be like nyango like that yeah, yeah so well anyway. it's all right i'm a stupid american well yeah well somebody will correct us yeah thank you for that in advance um she has a little mini fight and just who's stronger than who yeah i don't understand it and and they they definitely techno babble all over the vibranium in this movie <laughs> left, yeah. left and right what it is what it's capable of it's basically anything they want to tell you it is mm-hmm. um and that that is a little frustrating and goddamn the rhinos yeah <laughs> the rhinos is the point where i turned to my buddy and said i was enjoying this movie yeah. like mm. battle rhinos like well let's yeah. talk about the cg in this movie mm-hmm. there CG are some bad parts is the worst part of this movie man. Yeah, there i mean there are times when it works um but mm, yeah no because i actually liked i think chris you mentioned when we were coming out that the uh the uh, challenge scenes yeah looked a little fake or you, looked fake you can to you. tell that they're the, in a green screen studio well and the people up standing up on the cliff yeah, yeah. watching are not people what, right? what people yeah exactly uh that's the that's the thing about those crowd scenes is that i've gotten acutely aware and maybe it's one of those things it's an uncanny valley type thing or whatever mm. but um whenever they put digital crowd characters in a movie their movements yeah give them away yep like that it's it it's like maybe too much movement mm-hmm. or yeah they should just stand the yeah there. um or or like you know if they're clapping or jumping it's like at a different pace than what you're used to um that whole thing with the yeah the cliffside and all that and, and surrounding this water you're like they're not there mm-hmm. that's just the way it feels the entire time uh and yeah it, it detracts and and i hate to say that when when we're we've got a movie that we really like here it really does detract from your experience when you see that type of thing sure there's some people out there don't give a fuck and fine you you're great people mm-hmm. uh but uh but every time i see it i'm i'm just very acutely aware that yeah. they're not there yeah um so i don't know what the fix is i don't i don't think you should go out to the congo and actually shoot like you know shoot these movies or anything i'm just saying that uh you know the the digital representation always looks with and especially with like a million waterfalls and yeah, all that yeah. shit. Well, the problem with this is that there is some like super realism in this mm-hmm. um where like they're shooting in in the village and you see like the actual people interacting and everything and the the culture and the vibrancy and stuff like that it's like and then when you superimpose that on these CG 
you know, over overarching effects, it it feels less real because you've got this to to kind of map onto. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so if they would have gotten more a little bit more practical stuff in there, it would have been, you know, just a feast for the eyes. And it still is, but it's it's got that sheen to it. Yeah, no, no. Is this movie too predictable, or did I just have a really good day with predictions? Uh, I think it's pretty predictable. Yeah, because the biggest the biggest one is obviously when Michael B. Jordan shows up and challenges him to fight for the throne. And I leaned over to my friend and I was like, "So there's no way Chadwick Boseman wins this fight? No, because narratively you wouldn't have this fight exist. Yeah. if he wins it, I'll tell you what I thought. I thought Clever Lang. As yeah. soon as that 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 showed up, I well, was like, "That's Rocky the, Three. He's going to lose." Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and and see if I almost think the movie could have been a little cooler if it had ended before Bozeman has gotten back the throne. Like I kind of almost expected them to have him decide, you know what, I need to go protect the world and the rest of my people who are out in the world and not get stay so focused on. And maybe he'll get the throne back in the sequel or mm-hmm. what have you, because it all happens a little quick. Mm-hmm. Um, where once he loses the throne, um, to where to where they find him, and then he comes back. It's all a little quick. It also mm-hmm. becomes repetitive because yeah. we've already seen a fight to the death, or whatever. Like, uh, not to the death, but we've already seen a fight for the throne early on in the movie, and then we see another one mm-hmm. later on, and it doesn't. There, it, it feels like we've been through this before, even though, like you said, we now know that, especially if you're just looking at your time at the time that you're in the movie. Yeah, he's no. There's no way he wins this. Right. Uh, there's also no way he dies, which is what they, they <laughs> sit there and try to tell you forever. And you're like, come on, do do we really have to waste our time with this? Can't yeah. can't he just, you know, I would I would I would actually like it if like just some like spirit god came up came down and said no you are not dead yet and just threw him back up <laughs> <onto> the- <laughs> but i understand it makes it it makes it cooler that you know they go to that other tribe and they have to get their help and i love and that all, scene. that's a really well, good scene that that tribe I, I was kind of annoyed with the whole now we're not going to help you and i i literally said out loud until the climactic moment of the final <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because love, there's no question that they're going to come help yeah i love that interaction though with uh with winston duke's character where, oh yeah um you know he's he's, he's hilarious and yeah. it needed like a little bit of that like irreverent humor and everything and that great moment where martin freeman goes right into regular like authoritarian just expositional speech and he gets and he's looking around he's like what the f-? oh yes sorry and goes, he's like if you talk to me again we'll eat you <laughs> and then he's like oh wait we are vegetarians <laughs> well and i do think I-, I was happy to see martin freeman finally get used by the mcu mm-hmm. Uh, I do think his character could have literally been any white person. Yeah. Um, but I, it was nice to see him get used a little bit more. Um, the stuff they gave him to do was fun. The movie's really funny. But can I ask you this? Why did they bring him back to Wakanda? Okay. I understand that they have the vibranium that can fix anything, right? But they're in fucking South Korea. Mm-hmm. He gets shot in the spine. There's no Korean doctor around there that can probably. I think that's what they're save saying. Save him. Yeah, I think, I think they think they they are definitely saying he will die if he doesn't go there. But they, they can immediately diagnose. Nah, I know, I know, I know. Movie. All right. Well, I mean, they're, they're talking about this. You know, they don't dis- they don't like describe in detail how they know all. No, this I stuff. know, but he's a, he's not only they've kept this Wakandan secret 
for how many hundreds of years? Mm-hmm. This is an age like they literally say this. Whoever it is, um, uh, well, it's his sister, uh, Letitia Wright, that says that they has to come. But um, I think it's Lupita Nyong'o that that says no. Uh, we can't bring him here because mm-hmm. he's a fucking spy. Yeah. And this is like our closely guarded secret. No, I think it's, she's the one that's arguing to bring him because he saved her life. Oh, is it the other in, way around? In the casino. Oh, okay. He jumped in front of the bullet. Mm. Um, but even if, see, that's another thing, though. I mean, I could I could bring up the fact that even if you've seen it doesn't mean you could just go back and go inside once you've seen it inside. Or find it again. Like, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Like, you the they show at the beginning uh chadwick boseman and everybody like flying into this thing and he's like i never get tired of this mm-hmm. and it's like this basically just magic that they go through this force field or so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or it's whatever. a cloaking device from the klingons right 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 <laughs> um i do have some questions mm-hmm. like there's a moment in the end near the end where michael b jordan is getting ready to ship the weapons off i guess to people around the world they talk mm-hmm. about having some war dogs out there. I don't know what that means. Right. But he literally says the line, this spear, such and such, could, could stop a tank. And we have thousands of them. Why the hell is Wakanda building thousands of weapons like that? They're a hidden society. I Who are they like fighting? I feel like they're stockpiling and uh, and kind of, you know, just in case. Because, I mean, they have, they have tech. They have all kinds well, of... Isn't at the very beginning they say that the world is getting closer to them and that they, like, the world is developing and the world wow. outside is getting closer. Okay, maybe and I eventually that. they are going to entreat on this secret society and everything. I think that's what they say somewhere at the beginning yeah. is that the world is just, it's getting to the point where everything is expanding. Hmm. And at some point they're going to find this, you know, this wooded area that's out here. And when they do, we're going to have to be prepared because... Hmm. Um, because they're going to want all this stuff. They're going to want to attack us. All the countries of the world want all the stuff that we have. So that's, I think that's why that's the case. Well, it would make sense for them to stockpile, you know, especially if they have this unlimited supply of vibranium and they're using it. They've got their technological needs met and everything. You know, they probably make some weapons Hmm. just in case. Okay. I will will accept that explanation. Did you stick around for the post credits? No. I'm, I am never going to do that again, ever. <laughs> I went home and read about him. It's so weird because when we actually did stay, and I was asking Chris afterwards, I was like, "What is? how did Bucky get to Wakanda? Because, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff just meshes together, and I, I kind of sure. don't remember what happens, especially with post credit sequences. And then we kind of uh, we went back and we were like, oh, yeah, the last scene of Civil War was of Bucky in wakanda looking out over wakanda right mm. um and then chris was like why did we need that again because that's one of, that's the last end credit scenes here it's literally bucky waking up in wakanda and coming out and looking over wakanda with the mm, yeah with the the people again. It's the like, exact like, same thing why, why, why even bother yeah we, we've established like this is like your prime real estate. well isn't the other end credit scene him going to the un or whatever yeah, and it's perfectly fine. It's a but timely it's, message and everything, but it's, it's completely the, unnecessary. Yeah, I was going to say, it's the same message we get from the final scene yeah. on the basketball court, mm-hmm. that he's going to open up Wakanda to the rest of the world. Yeah. And so both of those end credit scenes, if I had stayed for them, I would have been even more pissed. But no, I've drawn <laughs> so a line in the sand. They're getting lazy. They're they getting are. lazy with these, these end credit scenes. They know people want them, but now they just don't know what to tell people anymore i guess yeah well they didn't have any connection to the the larger mcu besides 
a few rounds of dialogue and Martin, Martin Freeman. Freeman's game. Someone's going to get really upset that you just said that, Barry. Yeah, exactly. There's always somebody who comes on. I, I, was it, I can't remember what discussion we were having in a main uh, episode once, and we said that about the, the connection. I think it was Thor Ragnarok yeah, yeah. we were talking uh-huh. about. And we were trying to say that it didn't have much to do with the at-large story or whatever. But somebody came, the Hulk's in there? And, like, all these other things were in there? I'm like, yeah, that's not the point. God damn it. <laughs> and whoever, you know, I know whoever that is is listening. I'm not mad. <laughs> I'll tell you what. One thing, I'm not, I'm not super excited about Infinity War. Mm-hmm. When I see that trailer, I'm almost getting bored now. Um same with the Han Solo trailer. Mm, yeah. Warming with a spoon. Anyway, but one thing I, I do desperately want to see in Infinity War, and I hope to God they give it to us, is Tony Stark saying something snarky to the sister from Wakanda <laughs> and her giving that shit right back <laughs> because she don't take no guff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she probably knows more than Tony does in terms of how to use vibranium at least or mm-hmm. technological advances um and so i hope there's at least one scene of banter between them where she gets to put tony in his place those yeah. characters certainly should be talking to each other i agree they're probably reshooting it right this second yeah <laughs> yes they are uh but they certainly should be talking to each other because of the you know the same uh, realms of expertise and all that uh one thing also in this movie that i was a little bit of a letdown was uh, I, you know, we, we get the little foreshadowing thing from her character where she says that the, the trains that are running on the, uh, the tracks have those little, I guess, buffers or mm-hmm. whatever they I don't mm-hmm. know what they're called or whatever, but it, 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 it apparently takes away the vibranium's power. Yeah. So, you know, that there's going to be a fight there later on that, that I felt like that wasn't paid off quite as much as I'd like it. I know that they get in there and they lose the powers and everything, but I was hoping more for sort of an exploitation of that where one of them is in it and the other person is not. Yeah. And I think they kind of do that, but not like to the point of where it's really, you know, someone's exploiting it or whatever. Well, yeah. Cause they're both equal at that point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And again, we don't know really who's stronger in that situation. Well, and by the way, again, we have same versus same yep. in a Marvel. Like yep. it's, it's black Panther versus black Panther. It can't ever be like, you know, can it be like this guy, something different? They've maybe? been doing that since Iron Man. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I'm, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like that's what's frustrating, I guess, is that I'm 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 waiting for Marvel to give me a, a complete package, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm wondering if it's ever going to happen. I really like Spider-Man: Homecoming. I really like this movie. I'm going to watch them both many times, but every time I'm going to think some of the action is a mess, some of the CG is a mess, and if I pop in the Dark Knight, there's never a point in that whole movie where I'm like. Oh, that's terrible. How, yeah. why, the only part that comes close is that stupid cop in the truck who's like, that's not good. That's yeah. not good. <laughs> that's the only part. Um, so, you know, I'm now maybe this is maybe this is the whole package for your MCU fans out there. Maybe they don't care about the action being cut like we do. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't care about the CG in this and Thor Ragnarok. That's bad. Mm. Like we do. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm. I'm I'm never. I feel like I'm never going to be able to go above a B plus or an A minus. Yeah, frustrating. Yeah, yeah. But I really, really liked this movie. Man, I mean the the themes and the message of this movie, I think, are enough to override any 
and and there are, there are several like issues that I have with it, you know, technically mm-hmm. the execution of it. But I mean, to see the kind of response that it's getting, to see how much money it's making, mm-hmm. uh, to see kind of this like grassroots movement, just funny to say about a Marvel film. Yeah, but. but it's a different type of it. It's a whole different market. It's a well, whole different thing. I love that he has to like his his arc is basically that he has to almost reject his father or at least see the error in his ancestors' ways. You know what I'm saying? Which is what their entire society is based on. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, worship. like the whole movie is it's about the rules and it's about how we've always done this. And his his arc is basically completed when he abandons all that. I yeah. thought that was pretty interesting. I also don't know why he has to kill his brother. By the way. Uh, the king. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was trying to kill Forrest Whitaker's character, right? Yeah, he was trying to shoot him. But I mean, he could just step in front of it. He's in the suit. Well, yeah, and and well, yeah, you know. I mean, yes. Also, I, I understand why he did, but it's like, yeah. Also, why did he leave his claws in the guy's chest? Yeah, because <laughs> Killmonger says, "I found panther claws in my daddy's chest." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why do they come off? Yeah, like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> Leaves all that evidence. But yeah. he has so many good line readings, Michael V. Jordan. Like mm-hmm. at the very end when when Black Panther shows back up and he's like giddy. Yeah. Right? Killmonger is. He's like, What's up? Like, <laughs> he's so happy. Uh and then at the at the very end when he's been killed, he's like, Nice shot or whatever. Nice move or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, there's that and man, that last fucking line that he has, it's it's about like tell that to the people that jumped off the boat because they would rather have a death by sea instead of a life in chains. Mm-hmm. Fuck, man. Yeah. That's, that's a punch in the gut right there. Well, and I, again, the movie's not shy about racial issues. Yeah. The movie is kind of taking it head on, um, which I, I kind of appreciated and found a little yeah. refreshing. They're not trying to dance around it. Um, anyway, yeah, it's it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one of the reasons I think this movie's so good is that the characters are, are complex. They're yeah. Given a lot of depth yeah uh, in the end i think what barrett is trying to allude to here is that it even with some of the same things we see in all the other marvel movies and everything just its overall like you know championing of this cast and the way it was made and everything sort of uh like sort of trumps all that right it's just uh you know i think we're more willing to forgive some things if you can give us something that we don't really ever see in mm-hmm. other movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's the sort of the case here. Like I'm willing to forgive some, some things here and there because this is so empowering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, and, and just like I said, just seeing this on Twitter and seeing how, you know, somebody wrote on somebody randomly on Twitter was like, I want to see this movie every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> 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 well, I saw, I think it was on Reddit, somebody posted a picture of them and Michael B. Jordan and uh, at the theater, because I guess he'd been in the back wearing a hoodie, just kind of checking out the audience <laughs> reaction. But it was this guy's second time seeing the movie. And this was Friday night. And it only came out Thursday night. <laughs> yeah. So that guy's already on his way to every day for the rest yeah. of his life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just, just, just goes to show how important that is. I mean... We had that sort of with Get Out at the same time last year and mm-hmm. everything. This time we have it in a mainstream type of film. Get Out sort of became mainstream, but this one like right up front was mainstream. So look, we're gonna we're gonna put you know, I mean, it's there's only like two white people yeah. in this entire <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> other than ba- other than background extras or CG extras. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
in the America scenes or what have you. But yeah, there's only like two white dudes in yeah, the movie. Exactly. And, it, and it's not something that feels like you're, you're not conscious of that watching mm. the movie. Mm-mm. You're not like, where's all the white people at? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna try not to make that the cold open. <laughs> oh man! Um, so you come down on B plus A minus territory. Yeah. I come on firmly in A minus, bordering on an A. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm gonna put it A minus because I think for the most part I've been giving the average Marvel movie that entertains me with the terrible action scenes a B plus. Mm-hmm. But because this is so so much different, I'm gonna give it that extra. That extra oomph on it. Extra it's going to be. Go see it. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. Then come under under the comments and tell us on the how what you <laughs> how to pronounce Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All yes. these names, really. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's, a, it's a constant struggle. Um, <laughs> we just mastered French for God's sake. Yeah. Now we're moving yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've mastered it. All oh, right. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Just, uh, There's no I mispronunciation just, yeah, exactly. whatsoever. I just went through the entire <laughs> Rosetta Stone in the last week. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we all enjoyed it. You need to go see it if you're if you haven't. Uh, it's uh, it's excellent. So. Uh, That'll be it for this mini pod. It's a mini pod. Mini pod. Panty pod. Um, of uh, Black Panther. And um, yeah, keep going to Syncast presented by CinemaSins. Keep going to SoundCloud, our uh, CinemaSins Twitter, and tell us what you thought and what you thought of this podcast. But uh, this is Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. And see, there's a bunch of Dan Arbeck songs on Satellite 28, the Spectrum. I didn't know that that was the lead singer of that band until Google, Black Keys? Google guy was bragging about it. The Dan Arbach. Oh, yeah, Google. <laughs> the Dan Arbach stuff sounds nothing like the Black Keys. Does it not? Have you not heard any I've of it? I've heard a little bit of it. It sounds nothing like that. That's hilarious. Yeah, I remember that guy. Shine on me. Do, 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 do. Shine on me. Boop, 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 boop. Featuring backing vocals by the mayor's economic advisor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like a new song of his. Oh, really? I'm all right with it. It's just uh, plotting. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I, I, it's no I like Lazaretto. I not liking it very much when I heard it. Too. Crimes and misdemeanors, pills and potions. What is the the name of it? C- uh, captured by love or connected by love? <laughs> so nothing, nothing like what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> you will always be my whore. It's playing at Regal Opry Mill Stadium about sixty times today, between standard IMAX, 3D, 3D RPX, and R- what is RPX? Oh, is that the? Uh, immersive thing where like the no no it's like a ripoff imax <laughs> really yeah so they yeah regal more? bought imax and created this discount imax they call rpx it's supposed to be better than regular but it's technically not really imax it's, yeah hmm. it's yeah the just uh, a way to charge you more money yeah the uh That's they crazy. did that at hollywood 27 with auditorium 17 and they improved the sound and they um made the, i don't know if they could even make the screen bigger because it was already huge um but uh yeah i mean it's it's just a weird marketing 
ploy. Yeah. They tried to sell that as straight up IMAX they there did. for a while, and then people called them out. <laughs> I on believe it. it was Aziz Ansari who called it Limax. Yes. Oh, yes. Really? <laughs> yes. 